I don't really know how to start shows. Come on now, don't start, don't start liking me now. So yeah, I'm funny compared to you. Know, well, you'll see later. I stand for mayhem. I know a lot of fucking idiots. I think a lot of shit is mean spirited just because it goes against what they believe. But the relief of comedy is it takes things that aren't funny and it allows us to laugh about them for an hour. We got a purple suit to buy and a gigantic coffin. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today I'm pleased to present you. I said that wrong. Pleased to present to you Opie and Anthony's Jocktober. Yes. Very exciting. I figured we're in the month of October. Uh, so we might as well celebrate everybody's favorite time of year, and that is Jocktober. And if you're not familiar, uh, buckle in because it's another rabbit hole type of day where if you like this episode, it means you're going to spend a lot of time on YouTube the next couple of days uh, just wasting away, look, searching through clips. Uh, but before we get into that, let me remind you to go to blindmike.net. Um, you can subscribe to the Patreon there if you want to support the show for free. Links to uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Best way to support the show that way is to do what every other podcast asks you to do. Leave a five-star review. Uh, subscribe, smash that notification button, um, <laughs> all that good stuff. And like I said, if you like the show, if you want to get Why You Laughing episodes a week early, um, then check out the Patreon. And I think we might have some good bonus stuff coming for you guys in the not-too-distant future. Uh, so make sure you get on the Patreon, and that is at blindmike.net as well. So check that out if you'd be so kind. Um, and as Craig pointed out to me before we started, I went a little crazy with the clips. So I'm going to try and be mindful so that we're not here for nine hours. <laughs> but, but there's a lot to get to. Um, so some of you guys have heard me on uh, a podcast that I enjoy doing, which would be Who Are These Podcasts? Uh, with my buddy Carl, who's been on this program. And uh, I actually, I should have asked Carl to do this episode. I just figured they, they had a live show last week and one this week. So I didn't want to uh, waste his time with this because I know he would have done it begrudgingly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, that, that show, if you're familiar with it, uh, he always credits Jocktober as the inspiration. And really, I think essentially what YouTube or maybe the internet in general has become is kind of inspired by Jocktober. Because whether it's us um, what we do on the blind Mike project or, uh, our buddy Carl and Royce and those guys a lot. It's become essentially a new genre of entertainment is just breaking things down to shit on them. We've done it with Brendan Schaub yep. and Tom Myers and stuttering John. Stuttering John is a whole cottage industry around it. And essentially that started in Jocktober. Um, so it's a bit that Opie and Anthony did, uh, every year starting in 2008. Um, and basically it started because a program called uh, Frankie and DB DB standing for danger boy, which kind of douchey names like that are a big, big theme in radio. Um, a caller called into ONA and said, Frankie and B DB were talking some smack about them. Now you can say what you want as far as influence with Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern. They were certainly influenced by Stern, um, but Stern would always say Opie and Anthony are ripping him off and you can have your thoughts on that. But, uh, and you know, if you look at some of Opie and Anthony's podcast wars, certainly influenced by Stern, but I would say Opie and Anthony were certainly at the forefront of bashing shows for no reason. <laughs> a lot of radio programs bashed shows that they had a reason to bash. Opie and Anthony were the first to find innocent victims <laughs> to beat the shit out of. 
It was just delightful. <laughs> so uh, Frankie and DB, like I said, allegedly, according to a caller, um, talked some smack about ONA. Uh, and Sam Roberts, who is now Jim Norton's co-host on Sirius XM, um, but at the time was a lowly producer of the Opie and Anthony show, was tasked with going to find this audio of Frankie and DB. Alas, he never found that audio because he said the rest of the show was so brutal that he was focused on that. And of course, uh, Opie and Anthony started shitting on their show, regardless of whether or not shit was actually talked about them, leading to this discovery. All right, listen, we're going to replay the clip, and now we want you to just focus on what she is contributing Jim, please. to this radio show and this particular bit. Try to avoid what the guys are saying. I know it's hard. It's just compelling radio. <laughs> but just listen to her contribution. Yeah, this is just like Howard in the late 80s. I, I understand, but let's isolate what she's doing. I mean, she had saran wrap. She had four That's stuff disgusting. that she would say. Oh, she would yeah. reuse over. It is. Yeah. It was gross. I threw away. That kind of has its own little funk. That stuff kind of makes its own little funky smell. And at that time, it's like a 30, 40 year old smell. to the overall old person. It does kind of add to that smell. Old person punk's gross. Oh, it's bad. All right, I, I tried. There was a lot of oh, that's oh, sad guys. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah, oh, that's sad. Oh, oh now oh, they're saying it smells oh, bad. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if I left enough context. And were you able to pick up what they were talking about there, Craig? Oh yeah, the woman who's just gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is something uh, that Opie and Anthony branded the hole, which I think pretty much stuck in radio because I've heard that term. Outside of ONA a lot since then. <laughs> it's a great term. <laughs> it but, really is. Uh, basically, what that's referring to, and I've talked about this before. We probably talked about it in um, one of the Howard Stern related episodes. But um, Rob, I've often said that Robin Quivers kind of destroyed the role of women in radio. Because for whatever reason, the one thing that people took away from the Howard Stern show, um, no program director realized that the success of the Howard Stern show was based on a guy speaking his mind, um, kind of a, the ball busting element that they had, uh, you know, never knowing what he was going to say next. That stuff was ignored and feared by program directors. But the one thing that seemed to make an impact with them is that Robin was there to kind of keep Howard's craziness in check. So what that led to was essentially every morning show in America having a woman that was sat there to go, oh, now, Howard. <laughs> it's amazing they didn't actually say Howard. That's how much of a Robin ripoff they were. <laughs> Just the whole is such a great <laughs> word. <laughs> and so that's one of the many things that Jocktober discovered. Um, so basically, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's hear, uh, Jacktober officially be named. Can you, Sam, well, yeah. What are you doing here? Get another clip. Yeah, exactly. Oh, please. What are you, Come what are on you now. nuts? What's wrong stuff? with you? You know what? It, it's official. It's not E-Rocktober. It's going to be Jocktober. Jocktober. Uh, we're going to turn you on to some horrendous radio that is happening all over America this month. <laughs> So what that means, by the way, is uh, E-Rock is another producer from the Opie and Anthony show. And what they were doing was essentially um, 
Every, and this is a very common theme. We'll talk about another bit that amazingly uh, has swept the nation. But you guys probably remember when um, uh, on KMS, we would talk about War of the Roses and things like that. For whatever reason, there's these things that radio stations across the country would all do. And I guess because prior to the Internet, just no one noticed you know, there would be no way to have figured that out, I guess. I, that's, I guess that's why they were able to get away with it. Definitely. But, but there were little things that every radio station did, and one of those was Rocktober. Uh, I'm sure if you were driving around in your car in the 80s, 90s, even 2000s, um, you would hear when it got to be this time of year, st- uh, rock stations would promote Rocktober, where they rock twice as hard, <laughs> which essentially just means they're tricking you into listening longer, I guess, because they didn't really do anything for it. There's like 30 seconds less of commercials each hour. Yeah. And they might give tickets away on more occasions or something, but Rocktober just meant nothing. It was that people in radio and I left scorch out of today's clips. Cause I feel like we might get to, we might just do a whole scorch episode one day. At least a mini one. <laughs> but, but um, scorch is a great example of, uh, just radio in general, because he loves puns and wordplay. And for, for whatever reason, that is such a theme that's stuck. Radio is the weirdest in just industry where there are, you know, thousands and thousands of stations across the country with barely a discernible difference. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, they're from all the same cookie cutter uh, shape and I, I I've never been able to understand why that's such a a plague of radio specifically. Radio is great and it's a bustling industry. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure as he comes from Mittman Studios or whatever the fuck he is. <laughs> I am there today. Yes. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, boys. But but yeah, Rocktober was just a hacky thing that Opie and Anthony made fun of, and they did that by essentially just insulting E Rock for the entire month. <laughs> Uh, and that quickly changed to Jocktober, where they said, hey, let's just pick up a different radio station every day. And so it became Sam Roberts' job, which I think was very good for him in the long run, because like more than anything else, I think that's what people remember of Sam's time on Opie and Anthony was basically being the leader of Jocktober. And he was excellent and efficient. He was ama- He was great at it. Uh, it might not seem like a skill, but it is, because... There's bad radio out there that's hard to mock because it's just so boring. What Sam had to do was find the elite in mockable bad radio, and he was very good at it. Um, and what Opie and Anthony were able to pick up on and, and you know, kind of ruin for a lot of people were things like I pointed out, like the hole in radio, like <laughs> War of the Roses, like my favorite, which is the fugitive bit <laughs> that we'll talk about. But... Um, the reason I like Jocktober was for that specifically. Um, it was pointing out just the hackery that goes on, uh, in radio still to this day, really, they haven't, they still have not changed, even though they're dying, they are on, they're the band playing on the Titanic. They're like, well, we gotta let this thing run its course (laughs) because we're not escaping. Um, so that's what I like about Jocktober. There are elements of Jocktober I grew to not care for so much, uh, which kind of spawned some of the dregs of Reddit, which we'll get into. Um, 
And part of this clip, I think, might be leading to that a little bit. Are we at Terry Clifford now? Yeah, and Patrice O'Neill. So Patrice asks, asks a very uh, interesting question that we will address. Um, but it starts with Terry Clifford, who got some of the worst beatings in Jocktober history. Good morning, Terry Clifford. Well, good morning, Steve Hausman. And hi, Jeremy. Hi, guys. Well, have a good night. Everything okay in our little world? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Anything we have to tell anyone? Um, why, what do you know? Well, no, no, I just... <laughs> Morning Coffee Club. Weekday mornings 5 30 till 10 a.m. on 925 WBE. Wait, what was the laughing for? Why were they laughing? Said, why? What do you know? It's a great question. And then they laughed at that. And then there was a big like guffaw. But where's the joke? Said anything anything to tell us about and say why? Well, maybe, but what do you know? I don't want to get in over my head. Yeah. Because imagine (sighs) just an ad. Oh, (laughs) the crazy. You're talking crazy now. Yeah. Oof. Any huh. examples of the um, <laughs> holy shit humor? <laughs> what? What, Patrice? Radio just—it's <laughs> well, that's why we have to do this. It's horrid. They just can't be real. But let me ask you. Ask. Uh, okay. Just don't blow I mean, up our bit. We need uh, twenty more days of this. <laughs> you have a tendency of uh, being so logical. We're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do the bit anymore. Ruined it. Right. That's the All question. right, then then go because I, I can't. No, no, go ahead. I can't tell if no, it is. We're a real show. It's you fun. guys, go. you guys have been soldiering for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, how many out of let's say you ten of these? How many out of them are that? Even if you gave them free reign. What do you mean? To be funny as they could be. And how many have to be that? Have they to be. are. No, they're they're really that. Do you get what he's asking there? Yeah, because they're being all goofy. And it's basically like, does is the program director have a gun to their head and making them do that? Yeah. And well, it's it, like uh, Kirk has asked me this uh, many times when we would talk about bad radio shows. So what's the number? That would uh, that you'd have to be paid to do this every day, and you can't break character. And uh, realistically, the number is probably a lot lower than I said. If you put the cash in front of me, exactly. I'll probably do it for pretty much anything. Yeah. But, yep. But the the reason that's a great question is because it makes you wonder: Are these people? Is this what they would do if you said, "Hey, here's a microphone. Do whatever you want." Would they be like this, or is there something that takes over? When you get into radio, because, you know, I worked at the lowest position you could in radio and I was able to even observe that they're all the same. It's we, And that's why a show like Kirk and Callahan or Opie and Anthony or Howard Stern, whatever, it's bizarre that they're able to break that mold because whatever this sickness is in radio takes over most people like it just it creeps into your body. You don't even realize it's happening and it takes you over and you become the same person. Like so many people that I saw at Intercom were the same exact person. And it was, and I don't think they were always that way. And that's what makes Patrice's question so interesting. Like, is it radio or is it the people that gravitate to radio? Uh, well, I mean, old, it sounds like old timey. So they probably grew up on stuff that sounded like that. And then just were like, I want to do that. And just never changed, never yeah. tweaked it. Right. You know what I mean? Never even like tried to change it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very interesting question, but the reason, um, I included the first half of that clip, uh, with Terry Clifford was that Terry Clifford's an example of something I didn't love about Jocktober. And, 
let me preface it by saying um, a lot of people would call like what I'm about to describe sexist, but Opie and Anthony were pretty, if there was a fat fuck, it didn't matter if it was a man or a woman, they were mocking them for being fat. Right. Uh, E-Rock is a perfect example of that. E-Rock, E-Rock got jokes um, made about his weight so often uh, that I remember Sam mentioning this a lot, that when people would meet E-Rock in person, they would just look him up and down and go, you're not that fat. <laughs> Which is kind of like, nice. It's kind of nice. Right. Yeah, it is. It's kinda, I've heard it before. It's a bit of a nice feeling. I heard it at the Wilbur a couple months ago. <laughs> right. So, um, point being, uh, I don't think they discriminate in like the fad jokes they make, but with someone like Terry Clifford, and may, I think maybe they did go a little harder on women just because it was, you weren't supposed to. You know, it was more shocking or taboo, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But the part I didn't like about it um, when they would make fun of like Terry Clifford's weight and that stuff is it had nothing to do with the radio show. And I thought Jocktober was such a brilliant bit because it was just completely undressing radio and exposing it for what it was. Yeah, but it's not if it came up on their radio show or something, it would be different. But like you said, it's just kind of going out of your way to. there's nothing you're not changing radio at all by saying this lady's a fat pig (laughs) you know it had nothing right if they were having a discussion about her weight and then they started making jokes that would be one thing but to me it just seemed a little like out of left field and believe me I laughed at a lot of it I'm not saying I'm above it like how dare they yeah like I, I there were certainly a lot of lines that made me laugh but it is something where like I guess maybe as a fan um uh, you, you you know, I'm sure you have this with shit you're a fan of. You get like protective when people are like, ah, they're sexist pigs or whatever. And then when you hear certain clips, you're like, well, it's a little hard to defend, you know? Oh, so it, it makes you wish they just stuck to the issues a little bit, I guess. Opie and Anthony were definitely sexist pigs, but there were also a lot of other things towards guys. As sure. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, what's like, the next clip? Because like uh, if that guy was 180 pounds, his radio show is going to be the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. And believe me, it's funny. And they would uh, they've gone after plenty of men for being fat. But sometimes it was just like, all right. And it would lead to um, what we'll talk about a little later with a lot of the stuff that happened on Facebook and devolved into the ultimate undoing of Opie and Anthony, uh, which was Opie, our Opie and Anthony, the Opie and Anthony Reddit. Right. Uh, which we'll talk a little bit about. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. What's next? Um, Facebook. Oh, oh, so we are there. Perfect. It's Perfect a, short, timing. a short 17 second clip. What a segue. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a little bit about what Opie and Anthony uh, uh, became. I'm sorry, what Jocktober became uh, a couple of years later, like 2008. You're still kind of like MySpace still exists and people are kind of still on it. Facebook wasn't the phenom that it became yet. Mm-hmm. Um, by 2010, that started to change. And this is what changed along with it. How, how how come it took them so many uh, years of us doing this to finally realize, hey, we could just go on their Facebook <laughs> and just Facebook. destroy it. It's so interactive. Okay. It really is. Uh, Facebook became very popular. It really did. Yeah, too, yeah. So I didn't know there was a Facebook page that you started reading those. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's so interactive. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. It's like that. Uh, I know I reference it all the time, but that Brian Gumbel clip talking about the Internet. Yeah, it's like, and then you can. This is called the World Wide Web, you say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, we'll keep going. But 
basically what fans would do is take over the Facebook page of, um, I'll use the example because uh, our friends, Carson and Kennedy, uh, which if you guys don't remember, Kennedy is the woman that got me fired from Entercom. Right. Um, for basically just being honest about something she said to me. Uh, but she was a victim of Jocktober twice. So you can go find that clip, those clips on YouTube. But um, what they would do with Carson and Kennedy being the example, they would find Carson and Kennedy's Facebook page and Mix 104 or whatever station they're on and essentially just take over their Facebook page to the point where um, a lot of stations ended up just deleting their Facebook pages and starting over. And uh, this is an example of some of the things that would go on there the rest of this clip. Shit, they're not playing this. So really. he posted pictures of Hulk Hogan knocking down the World Trade Center. <laughs> <laughs> what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan giving a big boot instead of planes <laughs> crashing the tower. Like I've never seen that He's doing his pose in the rubble. <laughs> That's hilarious. How he defeated the World Trade Center? <laughs> Are you listening to the havoc that the Hulk is wreaking? I like he's got the hand behind the ear cock yeah. as he's standing in the rubble at ground zero doing the standing in the rubble at ground zero doing the I like the, to kick one the best. The pose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's about to hit the world trace with a steel chair. And this is on the Facebook page. They're a Christian music session. <laughs> So, so a lot of it was funny shit like that. Like people would Photoshop Hulk Hogan taking down the World Trade Towers <laughs> with zero context, post on their Facebook page, and these stations would be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and the thing about Jocktober, uh, I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning. The clips that Sam would find were always from the previous day, so it wasn't like he handpicked you know, their last 40 shows or their last five years of shows and found the worst stuff. It was always the day prior, mm-hmm. which kind of proved that day in and day out, these shows sucked. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, so that is one of my all time favorite memes though. It's so the funny. Hulk Hogan. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they would do shit like that. Now where it devolved into shit, like that was a little, even made me kind of cringe, cringe a little and go, Jesus Christ is when, again, when they started getting personal and looking up, you know, the hosts, kids and shit like that. Right. Like that's where it got crazy. And that's where the internet in general has gotten crazy because it's a lot of people that don't get the joke. Um, I was just talking to a, a very famous comedian friend of ours <laughs> who has people like go up to him and we'll just say slurs because they're like, yeah. oh, that's what he does. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you're not getting it. Like, there's a nuance to it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll get a little more into that. But are there any clips first? What's next? Uh, a show responds. Okay. So this is something a lot. Uh, so every once in a while, a show would respond. Usually, they ignored it and pretend it wasn't happening. They would delete their Facebook page. I remember one time <laughs> there was. Uh, they happened to find this is like in the early days of live streams, where radio shows would simulcast their show online in some form or fashion, mm-hmm. uh, and it was pretty rare. It wasn't most radio shows. But uh, I remember there was one radio show during Jocktober that the fans found the live stream 
and you would see the number gradually, like it was, the number was consistently at eight people in their live stream. And then you would c- consistently see, oh, now they're at 25. Now they're at 50. Now they're at 89. <laughs> and of course, all the names were, you know, Jerry Shepardini and uh, pedophile Kumia and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. so, so, and you would see like the expressions on their face, like they're having a nice day enjoying the radio show. And then you see them having like hushed conversations off mic. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> didn't, um, actually, they might have just gone at him. It might not have been October, but didn't they go after Dennis and Callahan? Yeah, that wasn't Jocktober. That was um, when they were still Dennis and Callahan and your boy, Jerry. It was April 1st. And Jerry, they talked about how like uh, a lot of um, radio stations do hack things like say the mayor is dead on April Fool's Day. Oh, right. That's right. That's and right. John Dennis goes, whatever happened to those guys? And Callahan goes, ah, I think they're working at McDonald's. <laughs> Meanwhile, they were on multi-million dollar radio contracts. <laughs> yeah. So they flooded the, the the pests, the Opie and Anthony fans, flooded the phone lines of WEI for days. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I remember yeah, that. There's a very long video of that. And actually, uh, Dennis and Callahan were one of the shows that did not respond. They didn't acknowledge it was happening for some reason. I thought they briefly did on air. I don't think they did. That that whole clip is on YouTube, so someone can go back and check, but I don't think they did. I'll have to find it. Definitely have to um, find it. All right, so let's hear this show respond. This is um, uh, magic. Not the magic here in Boston, but somewhere else in America. It is the morning buzz and Mary and Chris seven. I gotta tell you, you, you hear the excitement. They yeah, love yeah, yeah. that they're being featured on oh, October. Yeah, you can hear I, it in their voice. I think it's out there. I think the word is out. Yep. Finally, some energy. I think the word is out though that you know. Of course it is. That Opie and Anthony are you know talking about some radio shows for October. They <laughs> love it. And if you're picked, I think it's kind of like oh, it's an honor. It's an honor. Yeah. Thirty six, and evidently we are under attack. <sighs> From the big boys. Who's the big boys? Brilliant! They've got nothing better to do this morning. Oh, it's the nothing Uh, better to do angle. I love it. I love the nothing better to do angle. The same stuff we've heard for (laughs) years. It's it's actually correct. (laughs) (laughs) We don't. You're right. (laughs) Jim Norton with hitting the nail on the head, and it's given life to people like me who don't have actual content. So it's like, hey, let's make fun of uh, Brendan Schaub for a day. What do you say, Craig? <laughs> let's actually take a day out of our lives and go see him. <laughs> now, yeah, right. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, for those of you following along on the Patreon, that was a real hoot and a half. If Brendan Schaub's coming to your city, if you're in the right mind frame, I recommend you check him out. You have to. If you have buddies, you got to go with a crowd. Now, will you get lucky enough to have as much of a fire alarm going off in the middle of a set? Probably not, but it will still be great. <laughs> Go to the Patreon, folks. We explain it all. Um, but yeah, there's a couple things there. First of all, the idea of like, oh, they have nothing better to do. To mention Carl again with Who Are These Podcasts, that's something he gets all the time where they're like, um, oh, he he doesn't even create content. He just makes fun of other people's shows. Well, yeah, but if you're a political show, you're not creating the news, <laughs> You're not passing legislation. You're just talking about it. Right. You know what I mean? So like the idea of any podcast being lame because they just talk about someone else. It's like in some roundabout way, that's what every show does. If you're, if you're talking about sports, you're not playing sports. You don't own the franchise. You're just talking about it. That's what people do on shows. 
And so it's just now because of things like Jocktober, it's kind of become a cottage industry to find, you know, I don't want to say easy targets, but fun targets online um, that don't necessarily handle it well and go after them. (laughs) But the other big mistake I think they make that a lot of radio shows make is uh, what you heard right there. It was almost like O&A were expecting it where they were like, oh, we're just a little show and they got nothing better to do than rag on us. It's like, well, you're a radio show, right? You know what I mean? Like you should be able to hang with anyone if you feel like you're doing a good show, you know? Right. Like if someone came at the, if someone came at this podcast, I'd say, ah, you're crazy. And if someone came at the blind mic project, I'd say, well, maybe you're onto something, (laughs) but either way, I would understand that they're fully within their rights to do that. We We would also listen to them and then respond. And we'd have fun with it. Yeah, I've never understood the idea of not having fun with that sort of thing. Well, it's, now, the, it's me, the people that the, get mad. The people that get mad are always the ones that can't take jokes. Certainly, and I've been I've been in that position before. And if they, if if someone hit me in a certain light, uh, you know that I was sensitive about, I'd be like, ah, fuck, that one stings. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope I've gotten a little better at taking that. But regardless, I would never say like. You weren't allowed to do this. That was always a weird comeback. Guys, uh, cut it out. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be doing this. Leave me alone. (laughs) Um, All right. What's next? Fans go too far. Yeah, so this is what I was talking about a little earlier. And it's funny also to hear Kumia kind of brush past this and try to act like uh, he has an empathetic bone in his body. (laughs) (laughs) You'll hear him in this clip try and act like a human being for a moment, (laughs) which is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, this is an example of what I was talking about a minute ago where it's like people just not getting the joke. Now, I guess there was something that happened uh, uh, with with uh, the Did we know this? Listen, I didn't know this. I don't think I knew this. Either. I didn't know this. And I, and to I'm, be completely I'm not, honest. I'm not goofing on, on anything, but he says, my youngest daughter has Down syndrome. That's Randy. And one of their fans said... Uh, and I quote from the site, your retarded kid is the reason I support Planned Parenthood. Now, that's a listener uh, being very crude, very rude. And I personally uh, do not... Uh, uh I, I do not want to be party to something like that. <laughs> so uh, we move on to page two. Good. But uh, people were, they were, you know, were offended. Alana felt the brunt of the brutality. Now this is something I can get behind. <laughs> Opie and Anthony picked on her weight. Their listeners made awful sexual comments. <laughs> it's just very funny to hear Anthony try and be a person for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, he's right. He's like, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't care for this. Uh, yeah, I know. I, he's right, though. It sucks. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I, that, that's where it is crazy, and it's just people not getting the joke. And in a weird way, I don't blame them, because there's something with, like, this type of radio show, meaning Opie and Anthony, um, where... It feels like a community and a hang and they're interactive with their listeners. So often the listeners are part of the show. I mean, with Jocktober on its own, the listeners are part of the show because they're reading all these posts that they're putting on these Facebook pages. Right. So they feel like they're in on the joke. The problem is uh, almost none of them. Some of them are as funny as Opie, but none of them are as funny as Anthony or Jim. Oh, yeah. So not all the jokes come across that well. Also, with it being in text, that leaves a lot of uh, room for interpretation. So 
it's just people not getting it. And I don't think all of them are being shitty. I think some of them certainly are, but some of them mean well and just want to be funny. And like, it doesn't play great. Um, but that was one area where like, even me as a fan was like, yeah, right. That's an, <laughs> that's not a great look. No, I don't think there's any scenario where you're making fun of a kid with down syndrome. It's fucking funny. Yeah. yeah, It's weird. But I also think it's hard to criticize that because then like we talk with uh cancel culture and shit, these people are trying to make jokes. And if you ask them, maybe some of them would be like, nah, I like making fun of retarded kids. And it's like, well, those guys are scumbags. But some of them would be like, ah, fuck, man, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be funny. I didn't even, looking back, I look like a fucking moron. I didn't mean it that way, I'm, whatever. I'm also not going to be like, let's go get that guy fired. I just think anyone that does oh, that right. is oh, no, an no, asshole. What, I'm, what, what I meant about cancel culture is like, by coming down on that person or a group of people, whatever, um, then what you're doing is not leaving room for error. You're not leaving room for someone to be like, ah, shit, that really wasn't funny. I'm sorry about that. And now I'll change. Right. Instead, it's either people will never try or you're going to have that where you just ruin people's lives or something dumb they said. Right. Uh, all right. Are we into the staple shows now? Where have we not gotten there yet? Jim Chandler. Oh, well, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, this is a program called Woody and Jim. And uh, if you've ever listened to Opie, then you know that he's been doing this since he was 18. He's a radio veteran. <laughs> and one day, you figure he went to Geneseo, which was a big uh, communications school, and uh, they had a fine radio program there, I guess. And you'd think, does Opie have any you know, fellow alums that might be in radio now? <laughs> and Sam Roberts may have accidentally stumbled upon one of Opie's past relationships. I would assume that Woody is the... Uh-oh, what do you got? What do you got? You got some, you got, you got a scoop? Uh-oh. I'm tapping out. You know Woody. I have to tap out. Oh, oh no! my God! I have to tap out. Who is it? He's, oh, no fucking way. Oh, uh, no, what happened? You were, you were unbiasedly attacking him before. Oh, no! Who is it? I knew the, I knew the guy sounded like he knew radio. You said, you I were saying they sound very professional. I think you felt bad because you felt like, oh no, dude, you have no idea. Oh, he just fucking, oh my God. I started foot firmly in mouth. Are you ready for this? I started my radio career with that guy, Jim. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we went Which to one? college the the together. Left? The guy on the right. I haven't seen on him. On the right? I guy haven't in, seen him in years. The guy right? in the blazer or the guy in the shirt? To here? the right. Oh, that guy, guy in the blazer. So you started doing radio with him where? In Geneseo, Geneseo. College Radio. College uh, Radio. G oh, it's Jim Chandler. It's at, I, oh, my God. Oh, no. This is the magic of Jocktober. It really is. <laughs> this really is. Dude, I started in radio with that guy. He's been around for fucking ever. Oh, Jim Chandler. No. Oh, no. You said you didn't say that much bad stuff. We Actually, you were complimenting <laughs> him. Are there, any, are there any quotes? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we started together. And what? he got fucked, by the way. Oh, well, good. Uh, yeah. Somebody is saying, Opie says hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is where the fans are great. The Opie and Anthony fans picked up on this very quickly and were able to get a, uh, a message to Jim Chandler, who was oh, Opie later remembered, by the way, uh, later in that segment. They actually lived together in college. Like they, they were very close. How do you forget that? Well, so his name's not Jim Chandler. 
Uh, that's like a radio name that he used, but his um, real name is something else. So when Opie heard the voice, he does say, he's like, boy, this guy sounds familiar. <laughs> and it took him a while to realize because he hasn't <laughs> seen the guy in probably 30 years at that point. I forget how, uh, what year this was, uh, but <laughs> by 20 years, maybe. But um, like I said, the pests picked up on this immediately and really knew how to roll with it. Uh, messages for Opie. Yes. You guys can do whatever the fuck you want. He sounds like a nice enough guy. You don't have to be nice. We weren't really going bullshit on him either. It's not like they got a hole. Oh, no. Because this one says Jim Chandler, colon. uh, Greg Hughes says you're a cocksucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, listeners are brutal. He says keep it real, mother hucker. Oh, no. (laughs) Greg Hughes is personally responsible for this radio attack. He says you're a hacky douche. Oh, <laughs> I love the subtlety of the first one. Uh, Greg Hughes says you're a cocksucker. <laughs> but uh, that was that was part of the beauty of uh, the fans as they understood how how to roll with that shit. Um, and I think that's like any good comedy. Like you see that with the the Minna fans also, where it's like immediately they'll pick up on that shit. Mm-hmm. And no, the funny thing here. Would to be to make this guy think that for no reason Opie sicked the fans on him, <laughs> and what I've what I always loved about that is just imagining Jim Chandler sitting there doing his radio show, because but certainly he's heard of Opie and Anthony before, has to, you know what I mean? Like he went to fucking college with the guy, so he knows Opie's very successful, and he's like, ah, good for him, my buddy, he made it, and then one morning he's just sitting there. Completely unprovoked, getting messages on Twitter and Facebook saying, Opie thinks you're a douchebag. (laughs) (laughs) Why is my friend doing this to me? (laughs) It hurts. (laughs) Uh, So that's another great segment. I think um, if you're hearing this stuff for the first time and you say, hey, I want to listen to some Jocktober, I think Woody and Jim might be a good one to start with. That's one of my favorites. Definitely. Definitely. I actually, Uh, for the most part, for the most, I'm obviously you're, you're picking like, the highlights of Jocktober. Sure. Like, uh, I got bored with it quick often. Well, so did they, like a staple of Jocktober was by October 10th. They would just be fed up with it. (laughs) but they would, they would go to the end of the month, but I get what you're saying. There were, I'm, I'm picking the highlights, but if you go through every single one, there's a lot where like it gets tired. And I think in the last year that they did it, the last year of ONA, they tried mixing it up and they would do different things and they did Scott and Todd every Friday because they knew certain things were just growing tired a little bit. Right. Like it's tough to do that five days a week, you know, for a whole month for 10 years. Uh, yeah. Like six years or whatever it was. 2008 to 15, right? Whatever that is. 2014, I think was the last year. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Actually, technically 2013, I think was the last year. Cause Anthony got fired in July of 2014. I don't. I can't believe that feels like it. <laughs> feels like it was yesterday. Like it, it really <laughs> does feel like that just happened. Still, for some reason. it's weird. Opie and Anthony are the only radio show I'm aware of that doesn't exist anymore. The guys don't speak to each other. They hate each other, and yet, like the fans still act as if it's a radio show running every day. <laughs> I really wish it would. I really wish they would try to fucking work it out. Don't talk. Just turn the mics on and then talk and just see what fucking happens. Um, so 
I believe now we're moving into staple programs, yes? John and Jeff. John and Jeff might be my favorite one. I went out of respect to Jocktober. I kind of went in order of Jocktober saving the best for last. But I think personally, John and Jeff are my absolute favorite show that were ever attacked uh, in Jocktober because they're just two guys. So let's hear a little more about them. Gotta do the time. We're two guys who think vegetarians should just mind their own business. We're two guys who think the divorce rate would be 80% if a man didn't lose half. We're two guys who think anyone caught driving without car insurance should have their vehicle impounded. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Boy, they're the the worst stances ever. (laughs) But you gotta listen, right? It does draw you in. I've never heard less interesting stances. (laughs) No, their stances are horrible. I've heard more interesting stances. Stances taken on Bazooka Joe cartoons. <laughs> it's awful. I forgot how terrible their stances oh, they're, are. Oh, they're horrendous. Wait, we're two guys. That right there like, is hey. debatable. Hey. <laughs> so, John, that was the intro to John and Jeff. Is they would have like I guess it was their way of being edgy, but it was basically like. I forget if this is one we just played, but one of them was, uh, we believe violent criminals should be in prison. (laughs) (laughs) But they're they're not like, if they were being ironic, it would be funny. But they're literally like, isn't this a crazy thing? And as uh, I think Sam later pointed out, like, that's what you want in radio too, is one guy making a point and the other guy going, yep. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> we agree on everything. So, uh John and Jeff was the greatest show because they were on um third shift. I believe they were on 12 to midnight. What? I think that's I'm, I'm sorry, 12 to midnight. Uh midnight to 3 a.m., I mean. I was going to say 4 a.m. maybe. That's a really long or short show depending on <laughs> Yeah, right. 12 oh, to midnight. <laughs> um it might have even been, I forget if they did four or six hours. It might have even been 12 to 6 a.m. Oh, God. They were on the West Coast, and for whatever reason, they were syndicated around the country. Like, they were CBS's overnight show when Anthony, Opie and Anthony were there. That's how they found them. Um, and because it was overnight, so this they is fr- were... So this is friendly fire. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, they didn't know each other. They never met John and Jeff. But it's like shooting your teammate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But um, so John and Jeff were essentially, they formatted a show reliant on calls, but they were on at three in the morning, so no one was calling in. So they would be like, hey, what's your favorite Halloween candy? But then no one would call, so they'd have to stretch it out. And say, like, uh, I enjoy a Reese's peanut butter cup. Peanut butter is a flavor of candy that I like a lot, a great deal, whether it's Reese's. And Reese's has a variety of whether it's cups or they have the Reese's stick. Like, you see what I'm saying? They would draw yeah. out every topic. <laughs> right. Right. So this is a little example of them trying to drum up some some calls. All right. According to the U.S. Census, there's been a sharp increase in the number of unmarried people living together. How big of an increase? Well, within a year, it's increased by 13 percent. And I got a feeling it has a lot to do with people trying to consolidate their bills. If two people are dating and they both are paying rent, 
someone is going to come up with the idea of, well, why don't we move in together and save some money? And apparently that seems to be very popular right now. So more Americans who are unmarried or living together than ever before. And some people are saying it's the economy or maybe some people need that as the. I see the Philip part. Oh, my God. Five seconds. You do the story and then you start repeating it over and over. It's endless. Yeah. So that's how they had to do their radio show is keep setting it up. And it makes for beautiful. I found, by the way, John and Jeff's last show ever on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And a while back, I thought about doing it on the Patreon. And maybe now that we've talked about them and set it up a little more, uh, maybe we will at some point. <laughs> but it's the perfect show to goof on because they would do things like that. And they would go on to say, like, you know, for example, people, people are trying to save on bills. So perhaps... Um, extra expenses is something you might cut out or you might try to uh, do less frivolous purchases, things of that nature. Like you're just making the same point 19 <laughs> times. Well, I like just I like how he, like scrutinizing the clock, yeah. praying it <laughs> counts down for you. I like how he goes through the story like in the you know chronological order and then he throws yeah. the Tarantino version just taking parts all out of <laughs> exactly. order. Exactly, he has to reset it up. Yeah. <laughs> now here's what this premise would look like from Travolta's perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, do we have one more John and Jeff or are we on to the next one? Uh, on to the fugitive. Oh, so this is the great... I mean, I referenced this earlier. This is a staple bit that somehow dozens of radio stations uh, throughout America and Canada. Not only do they do this bit, there's a bit called the fugitive. They all call it the fugitive. None of even, none of them even say like, you know, the burglar or the, <laughs> or we've been uh, uh, petty thefted. <laughs> like no, one, no one tries to change it up. It's always the fugitive. And the idea of the fugitive is something to this effect. Um, Hey, we've got a pair of uh, Pearl Jam tickets that we wanted to give away, but it looks like they've been stolen. (laughs) Oh, no. Someone broke into the boss's office. So there's always an amount of money or a prize that, I mean, somehow this fugitive was able to break into the radio station and steal. Now, the odd thing is you'd think eventually they'd catch this guy because he always uses the same voice. Which would make you to believe around the country, it's one guy doing this. So let's hear a little bit. Uh, and listen to how, uh, listen to how immediately Opie and Anthony know what's happening. Mix 94.9, somebody broke in <laughs> to the program director's office. This is true. No, somebody no, there's no way in. a year oh, later God. someone's doing this. Oh, this, like this is happening right now. Oh, somebody broke in. They were going to give away. $5,000 to a listener. Okay. Right. Somebody broke in to what? the program director's office, <laughs> stole the money. What? And is now calling the radio no. station with a voice disguiser to announce. And, and now people are going to think that we're playing it all. Yeah. He's taunting them. That's people, right. People are going to think we're playing an old October. No. I'm going to say the date. It's October 13th, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> and I... This is going on. No, no, why? They're calling this criminal because it's unknown what his name is. The Mix 94.9 Bandit. $5,000 Fugitive. (laughs) Oh, that was the other thing is they always have to say the radio station's call letters 
and then the fugitive. Right. You know what I mean? So around here, you'd be the uh, 93.7 WEI fugitive, which I'm actually surprised they haven't tried pulling this yet. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's far off. <laughs> but uh, so not only are they all formatted the exact same, as I mentioned, for some reason, you would think if this is a daunting criminal, sometimes they might use a deep voice to try and disguise their voice. But for whatever reason, this is the voice that every, every radio station that chose to do this uh, across the nation chose. Hey, you want your money? <laughs> Let's hear it. It's not far off. No, no, I, I just Sam, no, I'm tapping out. I, I, I we by the can't way, do this job again. For those of you that think that maybe like this is old, and I just found it, and the fugitive has yet to be caught. Oh wow, oh, no. he's on the loose. He's on the loose. <laughs> he's on the uh, St. Cloud floor. <laughs> he is a foot. Oh much <laughs> good. If you have any information on this person, give us a call two five one fifty six ninety five. Hello, Mix ninety four nine. Hello, I'm trying to get a hold of Pete. <laughs> <laughs> the same voice. Everything. Oh, the same voice. <laughs> and what's great is that immediately they say, God if you have any information on the fugitive, call up. Within one yeah. second, the, the fugitive, fugitive is on. <laughs> the sky I, love, I love how that happens. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, very often it seemed like the fugitive was an open and shut case, but it would be drawn out for weeks by these radio stations. <laughs> Quincy would have had this fugitive dead to rights, but sadly, yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, that like that is one of my favorite bits, just because of the redundancy, and that it exposed these um, radio stations for being completely uh, unoriginal. Like you may have heard mentioned before, Prep Burger, um, which is one of many. I think that's the na- that's the name that I know, but I think there's a bunch by different names. And it's basically Prep Burger is one of many services, uh, the radio um, personalities or generally, I think, radio stations like the companies themselves subscribe to these prep services. And so they'll send you they will literally send you audio um, where, oh, you know, a great one that I just remembered. I wish I pulled this clip. Here's an example where these prep services would do. They would have clips of, say, like an Alan Alda interview. Um, or I'm sorry, they would have clips of Alan Alda himself answering questions and they would say, Hey, ask Alan Alda these questions and then play these clips of Alan Alda. So they just had Alan Alda come one in one day, sit in a room, answer these nine questions and sent it out, sent that audio out to a bunch of different stations and said, feel free to use this as if it's your interview. You don't find that wild? Oh, that, that's crazy. I thought you were going to keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, well, so uh, so the clip that I wanted, I just thought of it. I should have brought it. But Jim Norton interviewed Alan Alda, but obviously asked uh, hilariously phrased questions that uh, were not meant for the answers that were given. Um, fugitive Bobo. Yeah. So uh, Opie and Anthony said, hey, every radio station is doing this. You know, before we mock it, maybe we should get in on the fun a little bit and see what it's all about. So uh, Daniel Bobo Curlin mm-hmm. called the radio station. But I, I mean, I know that I have the the um, uh, the luck of hindsight to know that it was Bobo. But at the time, no one could really tell. Couldn't this fugitive tell. Was, wait, this fugitive was still at large until what unmasked the fugitive was... Um, 
Uh, Daniel Bobo Curlin is an easily distracted individual, and, he, and so also, he wasn't quite able to keep yeah, up the character. I was going to say he also uh, lost the voice changing box. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, it's it, it was tough for him to keep the character up. But let's hear it. <laughs> uh, a fugitive. Can can I ask you um, what what borough of New York do you live in now? No, I live in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's happening, fugitive? Yeah, what happened, fugitive? No, 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 nothing, nothing. I actually, the dog had just walked a little bit too. too the dog walked a little bit too. <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, uh, Bobo is a gentleman who may lie somewhere on the spectrum. <laughs> And he forgot, apparently a dog barked at him or something, and he forgot that he was in character as the fugitive, broke character, and then remembered, oh, shit, I'm the fugitive, and changed his voice back. (laughs) A dog walked too close. And it was one of the, genuinely one of the great, like, uh, I'm sorry, not genuine, one of the great, genuine, like, authentic moments that you couldn't, you couldn't script if you wanted to. Yeah, never in a million years. (laughs) Wouldn't happen again either, probably. Um, all right, so let's move on from the fugitive into is it Scott and Todd time already? Yeah, the parody songs. Oh, this is very exciting. So Scott and Todd are the premium uh Jocktober show. Um Howard Stern would go after them back in the day. Um it was Scott Scott Shannon, old time radio guy. And if you read into him more. He was like at the forefront. Scott Shannon was very influential in like, um, you know, rock radio in the early days of like just DJs um, in radio. Like he was very influential at one time, but then he paired up with this guy, Todd Pettengale, and they did the Scott and Todd show. And Scott and Todd was, I mean, basically, we could have just shown you an episode of Scott and Todd and been like, this is what Jocktober is. This is, it has every element of what they make fun of. It has cornball entertainment segments. Uh, they had holes in studio with them. <laughs> they paid Scott no respect at all because Todd thought he was the guy. And the reason Todd thought he was the talent of the show was because he specialized in two things. And the first one being uh, the art of the parody song. The Facebook uh, parody song from oh, Scott and Todd. can't wait. Scott and Todd. It stinks already. <laughs> All right. There we go. Yeah. Even though I've been spamming your page with girls all underage, that's no reason at all. Let it go just because I email you pictures of my tail at infractions. I email email you you pictures of pictures. I email you. No one talks like that. Email you pictures of... Let it go just because I email you pictures of my tail. That infraction is small. Reconsider. We go way back to high school class of 83. So, buddy. 
Please do not unfriend me. You know what? You should chill because I think that you'd like Farmville. Why not give it a try? Farmville. Shoehorning cunt. It really is the worst. It's horrible. Uh, You should shoehorn a bullet into his temple. (laughs) 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 So that was a big thing when you listened to song parodies was shoehorning. But the other... Like just fitting words where they don't necessarily belong for the sake of keeping the the melody, but the other big thing was like he picked both songs and topics that were completely unoriginal. Like the uh, the the song that he's choosing not timely in any sense, and the topic is so generic that it's completely impersonal. You know what I mean? Like just singing a song about Facebook. No one's going to give a fuck. It's completely impersonal to your radio show, and it doesn't mean anything to people that are listening every day. Like, they, the listener wants to grow and know you. They don't give a fuck about you taking down Facebook. No one gives a fuck about that. So parody songs became very hack. Um, like, Anthony had done a bunch in his day. Uh, Howard, the Howard Stern show had a million of them. The way it's good now, like you guys have heard him on Kirk's show, I'm sure. The way that it's good is if it's personal to the show. You couldn't just send one in and be like, boy, Twitter sucks, huh, guys? <laughs> I guess. Sure. <laughs> it has to, you you got to be original. And Todd was the most unoriginal douche that there was in radio. Um, and we'll talk about that a little more as we go along with Scott and Todd. That they did eventually realize, like Scott... You know, they made fun of him for uh, looking like Rocky Dennis, I believe was the comparison they made. And, uh, you know, he had, he definitely had like work done as he got older and he was kind of an out of touch old man a little bit. But the way Todd treated him with such a disrespect and thinking he should be the talent became the focus of Jocktober uh, toward the end. But uh, now we move on, I believe, to Todd's other great skill. Is that correct? The prank call. Oh, I mean, he's the master of the prank call. The radio prank call is... Now, you could argue that he completely ripped off the jerky boys, but uh, Todd really was the master of the prank call. And the staples of his calls were a couple of things. One was like a funny name. He always had a funny name. Um, And I guess that was supposed to be like the bit. For whatever reason, no one questioned, hey, no human being has ever been named that before. Um, so is that the first prank call clip we've got? Yeah, I think so. What's here? Hello? Yeah, I'm looking for Mrs. Yeah, that's the call. Ma'am, uh, this is Licky Proboon. I'm Walter's boss over at Construction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Licky Proboon. And the woman goes, yes, of course. I was expecting a call, Mr. Pro Boone. <laughs> so keep that in mind because that, that and the silly voice. Um, first of all, he's a complete ripoff of the Jerky Boys. We'll probably do a Jerky Boys episode at some point. But pretty much every call Todd made was a Jerky Boys ripoff. The voice he was doing, the premise, everything. Um, but he would do the kind of funny voice and the silly name. And then uh, what's next? The outro? The prank call song. Yeah. So then every, uh, every uh, uh, Scott and Todd prank call would end like this. 
song ever it should be the ending of this episode yeah we'll we'll end the episode with that song definitely but um so those are the two uh prank call clips we have right or is there another one um before we get to the the other prank calls that we have uh we're at the other ones yeah so jim norton picked up on this and now what we just played you was very short that was you get the name out and then you hit a punchline and you play that song. But Todd's prank calls were endless. They would last literally one of the, um, I think the clip that I pulled from where he says his name, mm-hmm. I believe that's a seven minute prank phone. It call. sure was. That's in radio time. That's endless. That's an eternity. <laughs> yes, it is. As, uh, as Jim Norton said uh, once, that's like us talking about something for nine hours <laughs> because literally their breaks would be five minutes. Like they had to go long to play this prank call. <laughs> so Jim Norton gave them advice. He said, Hey, you know, maybe you keep the silly voice and the funny name, but you get the punchline out quicker. You got to be efficient here. You got to save some time. So this is Jim kind of trying to tidy up some of those prank calls. <laughs> Hello? Hey, is this Mr. Yes? This is Dr. Dr. McFeely Boobs. Yes? Your medical results came back. Yes? You have cancer of the testicles, brain, and lungs. What? Oh my god! Terrible. This was, I was thinking that was Wednesday's show. They're wow. getting a little yeah. edgier. Uh, little fast. They're listening um, to us. Yeah. Getting a little edgy. Wow. Yeah. A little fast pranks. Uh, that- <laughs> a little fast pranks. So, now, like, we, we laughed at that one. But maybe Jim's idea was that you could expand it a little. You could have a, a variety of different prank calls. So let's hear another example of something he thinks they should do. I will say the funniest part of that clip, though, was the prank call music. <laughs> Easily. I mean, the music really really sells it. So, again, that's a tip of the cap to Todd Pettengill for, uh, you know, knowing how to punch up a joke. But here's the other one. Hello? Hello, is this Mrs. Yes. This is Professor Poppin'Cookie from the the school. Yes. <laughs> I got a call because a drunk driver hit your child and killed him. <gasps> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just ends. <laughs> I we had to play the last one, right? There's one more. Yes, there's one more. This one you won't predict where it's going. It goes off the rails. Much more thoughtful than the others, I think. <laughs> yeah, another one. Hello. Hello, is this Mr. Yes. This is police officer Booby McCoppergun. Yes. Your wife was raped and hit with a brick. Oh, oh my god. Uh, now that is that clip uh those clips break my heart a little bit because opie anthony and jim one of my favorite radio shows ever 
also one of the laziest. <laughs> like towards the end, they did. I like uh, as Sam Roberts has pointed out. He said there are two guys that did show prep for the Opie and Anthony show, and those were Sam Roberts and Travis Teft, two of the producers. Mm-hmm. Like Opie and Anthony didn't do show prep. They didn't stay after. They didn't do bits or anything. And you know, one of my favorite radio shows ever. So it's not that they needed to do those things, but that's an example of something that like if Anthony and Norton worked on bits like that, who's who knows how far that, that show could have gone. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so the Scott and Todd show ended towards the, uh, the end of Opie and Anthony's run together. And it became the Todd show. Todd pushed radio legend, Scott Shannon out on his ass and the Todd show got drilled on its first day by Opie and Anthony. They really brutally made fun of them. And then they became Team Scott. I think they got Team Scott trending on Twitter one day. <laughs> and they became Scott Shannon's guys to the point where uh, the whole Scott and Todd storyline culminated. I didn't pull clips from it because Scott's audio wasn't great. Like It was kind of hard to hear him, I thought. Yep. But basically... Uh, they go to the phones and they're like, hello. And it's Scott Shannon going, I must be a fucking idiot to come on and do this. <laughs> and proving the thing we've been talking about all along. Scott Shannon goes on there and busts their balls. And now they love Scott Shannon. You know what I mean? And the guy like Todd who runs from that kind of stuff would never do that sort of thing. So I guess my point is folks, if you want to get into podcasting, you got to learn to play along at some point. I learned that lesson and you should too, you know? Oh, we have one more Scott and Todd clip though, right? Yeah, we have two more clips total. Yeah, so this was, I know uh, I told you they patched things up with Scott, but this was an example of things they would make fun of Scott for. We just heard them bash Todd pretty good. But um, Scott wasn't the greatest contributor to that radio show either. They kind of made fun of him for being a doddering old man who didn't really know what was going on all the time. And the greatest example of that is this clip, which contains what became the rallying cry of the final days of Jocktober. Scott and Todd showbiz on the tent. Remember from like 1991 when Billy Corrigan was a thing? Yeah, I remember him. You know, from yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's back in the news. He's being sued by Eric Dane. That's uh, McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy. He's married to actress Rebecca Gayhart. Now, what happened was during a storm, Corrigan's eucalyptus tree crashed through McSteamy's Beverly Hills home. Rebecca was home at the time, pregnant, nine months pregnant. She had to flee the house. She was almost killed. I got a tree on my house. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Holy <laughs> It was like a Chip Chipperson line. <laughs> he just blurts it out seemingly like almost just to prove that he was listening. <laughs> I got, and the best part is like no one's talking over him. So they had to cut clean. It was so clean. And it, for some reason, it just became a fun thing to say. Like, I remember, uh, I believe this was when I was living with the Warthog in college when this uh, happened on ONA and just around our apartment. Sometimes we would just go, I got a tree on my house. <laughs> in fact, I think it, it might have been the same October that uh, Hurricane Sandy hit the Northeast. So it was very applicable at the time as well. <laughs> I was like going to say so. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, I probably had a bunch of trees. In I got uh, some trees on my house. <laughs> uh, but 
Listen, if you've uh, made it this far and you think that Opie and Anthony are being unfair and saying like, geez, they bash these, right? They're just minding their own business. Why would they bash these shows? Um, the last day of October, they would turn the microphones on themselves and examine some old Opie and Anthony bits. Now, this was primarily from the WAAF days where they would still do uh, shtick, for lack of a better word. They were kind of in character should I go, a lot more I go than get, they are now. Should I go get Bruce for this segment? Yeah, Bruce pop in here. It was trial of the eighties. His idea. I don't know. He was definitely their <laughs> boss for this though. <laughs> he certainly was. So, um, this is a, a clip from Opie and Anthony examining Opie and Anthony. By the way, I meant to mention this at the beginning of the show. This is what podcasting has devolved into where we are now a show breaking down a show that was breaking down another show. <laughs> My God. <laughs> it's a paradox. So uh, this is Opie and Anthony from 1997 on WAF and then listening back to you might be a child of the 80s if part, unfortunately. Okay. But it's a whole list of you might be a child of the 80s. Child of the 80s. A lot of us grew up in the 80s. That's true. That was... That's <laughs> Why are you laughing at that, Sam? A lot of us grew up in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us grew up in the 80s. <laughs> a lot of you grew up in the 80s. <laughs> Not a lot of us. Oh, God. I was officially a teenager in the 80s. You were grown up. I was officially a teenager well, in the 80s. But Which, the thing is that not, is not well, a lie. The bit is not where you, it said, were you a child yeah, of right, the 80s? Right, were you right. classified, and did the U.S. government classify you as an adult? Which you most certainly were not. <laughs> a child of the 80s. Yeah. I barely was. 80s. That's true. That was our uh, growing years, okay? Our, you might be a child of the 80s, and you remember when Jordan's jeans were cool. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but if, oh, I hate to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this today. Why not? It's so difficult. Just go, funny. I can't do this today. Look, you sure you did some embarrassing things in the 80s, but those were your growing years. Yeah. You were just a boy. <laughs> your growth was stunted for a long time. <laughs> I didn't even realize that angle on this whole thing until Sam just started beating us with it. Yeah. Well, I didn't either. <laughs> until I started listening and I was like, wait a minute. Because, and you know why it was? It's because Opie on Friday when you were talking about uh, AAF said that you guys used to pretend to be younger to relate to your audience. <laughs> and then when I put this in and then you guys started, uh -huh. I was like, Oh, like, hey. So that's the great, like when they started that bit, this is what Sam and Anthony are referring to at the end there, where they, like Sam brought in, I have clips from you guys on WAF saying, you know, doing this bit, you might be a child of the eighties. So their mindset was, Oh, we're going to get bashed for doing this hack Jeff Foxworthy bit. But it very quickly became because Sam realized like, Anthony was born in 1964. <laughs> he was not a child of the 80s by by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, maybe 61, I think he was born, actually. He's a geezer. He's like, uh, let me see. Because he's in his 60s now, I think. I think he just turned 60. Yeah. So, yeah, 61, 62 he was born. So they were like barely, they were almost in college when the 80s started, basically. He's 61. And so that's the type of shit they would do. They would make fun of this. And um, uh, that's really all you have to do at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like you do a month of bashing other people. But then at the end, you say, hey, we're not perfect either. You know, <laughs> we, we have flaws and they acknowledge them. 
And I think that's really all you have to do. The, uh, another great one of those, if you want to look up, Child of the 80s is the best one by far. I think like five minutes after the clip, we just played Bill Burr walks in. Mm-hmm. And he go, they go, hey, Bill, we're playing a clip of us doing, you might be a child of the 80s if. He goes, ah, what'd you think of that? <laughs> 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 but uh, they, um, they also played uh, Curse Man, which was an Anthony character where he's essentially doing a Joe Pesci impression. And he would just go in the other room and call in and Opie would be like, Oh, curse man is here. Who knows? Be careful. Curse man's on the line. Make sure you're on the dump button. And he would say like, damn and hell. And they bleeped out like one curse word. <laughs> like Anthony forgot. He was so wrapped up in doing the voice that he forgot to swear. <laughs> so uh, those were a lot of the great bits too, is them making fun of themselves. Uh, and like I said, the point of this episode was, uh, two things. A trip down memory lane for those of you that love Jocktober and maybe haven't listened in a while um, or hopefully introducing you some of you to Jocktober and now you'll go down the endless rabbit hole of YouTube clips. Um, so if you're like me and you fall asleep to this shit, go, it's easy find on YouTube. There's about 90 hours of uh, Jocktober audio, so it's an easy one to doze off to. It's delightful, always. And don't just listen to Opie and Anthony in general. All the, like almost yeah. all their shows are on YouTube at this point. Yeah, pretty much everything is on YouTube. So go back and go through the archives if uh if you want to go down that down that lane. Um I don't know, anything you think I missed as far as October goes? Definitely not. Definitely not. All right. Thorough. A thorough assessment. So let me know if you guys like this and I I'm curious on everyone's feedback because um, I think maybe sometimes I, I just defer to Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony stuff because there's such an abundance of it. So sometimes I'll do that. So let me know if you like this or if you prefer, you know, like Fred Willard or someone you maybe you didn't know as much about necessarily. Um, because these episodes seem to get better response. So I don't know. I guess I'm saying uh, give me your feedback. And you know where you can do that, Craig? At uh, blindmike.net. Boy, this guy's on the ball, folks. That's right. Blindmike.net. Um, you can find all our links there. Links to the free podcast, Spotify, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Spotify, <laughs> Appleful. Uh, go there. Leave a five-star review. Uh, leave comments. You know, uh, tap the notification bell. Whatever it is you do to stay abreast of podcasts, do it there for free. Or if you want to support the show, with a few bucks to your name, then go to the Patreon. Um, you get episodes of Why Are You Laughing a week early. And like I said, stay tuned. Maybe some more bonus coverage in the future. Um, and you can do that at blindmike.net. So make sure you do that. Support Craig's show, by the way. If you want to check out Craig's stuff, a very good show, and all the other things they're doing on their Patreon, you can do that at verygoodshow.org. Please come on over. We're having fun. They have a lot of fun, those boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so do all of that if you'd be so kind and we'll talk to you guys next time on Why You Laughing.